Hello and welcome to another edition of Alpha Geek Interviews. This episode is for Friday, the 16th of September, 2011. If you wish to participate live in the show, come to vtwproductions.com and click on the chat icon at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, choose chat and video and join the video wall. If you just want to do IRC, simply choose chat. And you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the fun if you wish to email the program, the address is the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. This week's Alpha Geek is fellow podcaster and all around internet guy, Brian Coverville Ibit. Brian, welcome <laughs> to Alpha Geek Interviews. Thank you very much, Other Todd. <laughs> ah, yes, indeed. I am the Other Todd. Right. <laughs> Who's the who's the other other Todd? Todd. What what, uh, what Todd had claim <laughs> before you that that well, made you be other Todd? When we formed versus the World Productions, mm-hmm. two of the principals were myself, Todd, and another guy named Todd. So we said, no problem. We'll just go by first name and last initial. Unfortunately, we are both Todd W. So <laughs> he was the first to get a post out and to get a show out with Todd on it. So I summarily became other Todd. Gotcha. Okay. For purposes of shows like this where, I mean, because my original online handle, GnomeWise, came from the WoW radio days. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense in the framework of World of Warcraft. Not so much when you're interviewing, like, Jonathan Colton and say, hi, I'm GnomeWise. You're who? You're what? Like, I better use my real name for this one. So I became Other Todd at that point. <laughs> well, you know, the benefit of that is that you now come alphabetically before Todd W. So Aha, there you, you go. See, you win. The shape of my plan. You can That's stay. right. <laughs> all right, let's be about it. Since Skype, in all of its uh, cloaking device glory, kept you f- hidden from me and made us start late. Ah, uh, yes. I blame it on it's the new Romulan uh, uh, inter- interface that uh, Skype has. Do, do we have the sound effect for. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I don't. I should, though. We, we need I think that would, the one you just did, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Somebody grab that out of the MP3 archive and make it, make it a drop in because right. we need it. <laughs> Because that's how we roll. <laughs> so, ostensibly, this cool. is an interview show, so we should probably <laughs> ask a few questions. Oh, okay. So, Mr. Ibbett, you are uh, crushing my self-esteem. Because I, what? I look at Casually Hardcore, the first podcast and live show I did, and we're approaching 200 episodes. And I feel really good about myself. <laughs> and then I visit Coverville.com. And I see Coverville is past 800 now, or pushing 800? Uh, just past it, yeah. I did the 802nd show last night, the big 802. <laughs> I, uh, I hate you so bloody much. <laughs> you know, it's, um, uh, it's not about the length of the show. It's not about the, what, what's the, what's the, what should the phrase be here? It's not about the number of shows. It's about the quality of the content. Yes, it's not, it's not the length of the run. It's, it's the quality of the content. Right, exactly. Look uh, at uh, how f- look at shows like Firefly and um, 
uh, Arrested Development that only had a few shows in order to get out their brilliance. Me, I've I've had 802 opportunities to try and do that, and I still can't uh, can't get it out. So, but the, the concept <laughs> of an uh, 800 episode run of Firefly makes me wet my pants. So I'm not sure <laughs> that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> But I'm a big Joss Whedon wonk, so that's a whole other story. That's right. Well, you know, if you get if you have a show like that and it lasts 800 episodes, a TV show like that, all of a sudden, you know, the lead characters have to have to get in a relationship, and then they have to have a kid, and then the kid becomes this precocious little, you know, little uh, uh, character and stuff. So it's it's good that Firefly um, ended before 800 episodes. Nice. <laughs> we will never we will never get to see them circle the drain, as it were. That's right. So, backing up the truck a bit to okay. uh, what part of the world uh, do you come from? Where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up actually here in Colorado. Um, a very, oh, I'm getting a crackle here. There it's we gone. go. So it's gone. Uh, from Arvada, Colorado. So, I grew up actually in Denver and um, spent my high school, my, my formidable years uh, growing up in Arvada. Moved back to Denver, go to college, and, and kind of do my own thing for a while. And then um, when uh, when I got married, we moved back to Arvada. And it's really, you know, I make it sound like it's this big, vast expanse between Denver and Arvada. It's like 20 miles. <laughs> so it's not exactly <laughs> road trip quality. Hmm? Not exactly road trip trip quality distances. No, no, certainly isn't. Oh, very good. And what uh, what originally brought you into the land of podcasting? Uh, that's a good question. I was um, uh, basically a DJ wannabe for my whole life. I always walked around with a uh, transistor radio glued to my ear, basically listening to, um, back then AM radio was the thing. You know, I mean, there was so many great, there were so many great radio stations here in Denver at the time. And uh, the DJs sounded like they were having such a great time, and it seemed like, oh, man, I'd love to be able to do that and pick music and play it for people. And then grew up and, and, and never really pursued it except for uh, a wedding DJ, a very, very brief stint as a wedding DJ for about a year and a half or, or two years. And uh, that was enough to pretty much just crush the idea of becoming a DJ right out of me. Because... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you don't you don't really get much choice as far as what to play. You don't really get to express your freedom and say, "Hey, oh, here's this great track. You got to listen to it." No, no, no. The bride wants to hear "Achy Breaky Heart," and by golly, the bride is gonna hear "Achy Breaky Heart." I'm just gonna nip uh, off and shoot myself. <laughs> yes, it was really tough those because uh, that was that was a really tough time to uh, to have basically what what the radio equivalent equivalent is of heavy rotation music mm-hmm. where this is something you have to play in that first hour this is something you have to play in that second hour and there was a lot of crappy music back in the uh, early 90s that was that was super popular yeah one of the the big uh online media websites just did the you know, top 10 worst uh earworm bad songs yeah. of the 90s and it, it was it was a trip down a bad amnesia lane there were quite a few in that list that I had to play on a regular basis, yeah. and uh, and then sprinkle in things like the electric slide, no! uh, the chicken dance, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not, this, a, not and a good time. You got your freedom shortly thereafter, and, and saved your I soul. Did. I did. I said, you know, this is just—it's just not worth it. Uh, I guess DJing is not for me. I'm not, you know, not not 
cut out for this. And then um, watching TV, I was watching uh, Tech TV back before it became G4 and then got swallowed up by the <laughs> the weird G4 spike monster hybrid thing. Yeah, the what we will not speak its name. Right, exactly. And um, they were doing this uh, talk about MP3 blogs and how people were doing these things where they'd record uh, brief snippets of audio, them talking, and they'd put it up online and, and people could hear it. And Adam Curry, of course, was at the forefront of this, the um, the old headbangers ball DJ from uh, early MTV days. And uh, immediately sought that out, listened to it, and it was right around the time that I started listening to it that the actual term uh, podcasting came about. And he was trying to figure out a way, that, you know, basically the whole thing, it was, it's funny, it was, it was a an MP3 posted onto a blog with the intent of talking to other developers to figure out how you could get a program that would automatically find this uh, MP3 file and automatically put it into iTunes so you could so you could sync it to an iPod and it was really strangely compelling you know it was all this technical talk but then there was also this kind of uh, personal stuff personal details that that made it really interesting to listen to and after listening to that and um, and and a couple of those early shows starting out uh, uh, Don and Drew were you know coming on about that time uh, the Rock and Roll Geek show well, with uh, Butler um, it, it was like oh I could so easily do the the cover show I've always wanted or the, sorry the radio show I've always wanted to hear and just put it on the internet and maybe I'd get a you know a dozen or so listeners it'd be fun might as well give it a shot and so I put it up there. And uh, I did get those dozen or so listeners for the first <laughs> few episodes. Mm-hmm. And then right around episode seven or eight, um, uh, Adam Curry actually started talking about my show on his. And, and all of a sudden it was like this massive flood of bandwidth, of crashing servers, <laughs> of you know, all these new headaches that, that came with, God, I sure wish more people would listen to the show. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How Stop do I- <laughs> listening to my show. How do I plug this? Um, but, but you know, all, obviously it all led to uh, really good things and uh, um, really worked out well. Now, what process led you to the shape of the show where you are targeting not necessarily popular or popularized versions of songs, but covers? Right. Uh, it was it was something that because um, it wasn't originally going to be a cover show. It was going to be a um, a rarities and and kind of unusual songs and, and things like that. Deep Not quite like a Doctor Demento, right? Like a deep tracks kind of thing. Um, a lot of stuff that I listened to back then, I'd get at the import section of Tower Records. Oh, I miss Tower Records. Yeah, or the Virgin Megastore or. Um, we had a great record store out here called Peaches for a while. Peaches, and what an Peaches name records for and record. tapes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everything came in peach boxes. So, like all their racks of of old vinyl were in uh, uh, peach boxes. It was really, really cool. Awesome. Uh, so I'd go there and I'd get singles, and I'd go to the import section. I'd get import versions of of um, bands I liked from the UK. I'd get import versions of albums from Australian bands that I really liked and even some import versions of local of, of American bands that had different songs or alternative versions or covers on their CDs and 
in, in kind of figuring out what I wanted the show to be, I figured I needed to have a little bit more of a focus than just, hey, check out this cool B-side from the latest, um, I'm just throwing out a name, Chumbawamba mm-hmm. CD, even though, even though it wouldn't be Chumbawamba. But, you know, check out there's the Squeeze CD or the Crowded House or whatever. Um, it started to kind of take shape around cover songs. Um, I was really into the stuff that Jason Faulkner was doing then and still continues to do. Um, the uh, uh, Blue Men Group were doing some great covers on that first album. Uh, Jellyfish, things like that. And it started to say, okay, let's let's focus it right around one specific area that I know I can find uh, some good material for. At least for you know a hundred shows, I should be able to find some good material for for a cover song show. And uh, then it was just a matter of. of coming up with a name and uh, a style of the show and and the rest is history and coverville was born and coverville was born i didn't want anything that had the word show or the in it because i feel like that makes it really hard to find on the internet i wanted one word um i wanted it to be fairly descriptive of what you were going to find in the show but not something that was going to be like, all right, is it is it the cover song podcast or is it just cover song podcast or is it cover song show? You know, things like that. I wanted it to be very easy to 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 find and remember. Coverama. <laughs> I bought that too. Oh, really? <laughs> I did. Yes, had that domain for a while. I still have the coverful domain. The coverful. Coverful. Yeah. I think, yeah, coverful. Um, I think was the, was the correct choice. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> so you tend to, or at least you, you've gotten to the point where you do themed shows, typically. You'll focus either yes. on covers of a particular artist or songs in a certain mode. Um, is that just for the sake of organizing you know, the massive amount of, I mean, have you found it to be an embarrassment of choice where it's difficult sometimes, I have so much great stuff, what do I, you know, condense that to a show yeah it is and i think it's always kind of fun um to to have a theme um because you'll listen as as a a trivia my my first love may be music but my second love is definitely trivia Ah. and um that feeling of all right he's going to do a cold play show so he's probably going to have a cover of Clocks. So I wonder what version of Clocks he's going to play, or I wonder what version of The Scientist he's going to play, or if he's going to play a cover of Yellow, things like that. It's kind of fun. Uh, it would be fun for me as a listener. I mean, and basically, I do the show as something that I would find entertaining. If, if at any point I feel like, God, I wouldn't be entertained by this, then then I stop recording. It's never happened, but I stop recording and figure out a new uh, tack to do for that show. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Having the themes works out as something that just makes it kind of a nice collective, fun thing to to think about as you're listening. I also do, I sprinkle in hodgepodge shows, which um, I get a lot of music now from labels and independent musicians who are saying, hey, we do this great cover of Tom Waits, you mind playing in a show? And if I don't have a Tom Waits cover story planned or it's not a request or there's nothing that it really fits into, it's nice to still have these shows that just collect random stuff together that I can um, uh, all throw into a single show and get that stuff out a lot sooner than waiting. Well, that was another question I had for you was, have you reached a certain critical mass of notoriety where you no longer have to necessarily go search for the music where the music is instead arriving and is being given to you? So please, we would like you to play this on your podcast. Yes, and, and it is, and it's going that way. It's not quite where I'd like it to be. I'd like... 
I mean, ideally, perfect perfect world, and and it's going to take a lot more than just me, uh, and the the very limited amount of time I have. I need to actually hire like a, a publicist or something, or a marketing person who can contact these labels and say, if you know, I want I want the labels to think, oh hey, so and so's got this great cover on his own. We need to get that over to Coverville, or a musician is recording an album. They say, oh, we've got this cover of. Uh, uh, Don't Talk to Strangers by Rick Springfield. We've got to make sure that we get that on a, uh, on a Coverville episode. I want it to be more top of mind, at least for independent artists. I know I'm never going to get the Rolling Stones saying, <laughs> I, we've got this great cover of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chumba Wumba's Tub Thumping. We've got to get this over to Brian and get him to play it on the show. And you know I can't be killed with conventional weapons. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, and thank you for making me bring out the worst Mick Jagger impression. Oh, that was Mick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, that's how bad it was. I, I couldn't hear the flapping of of the extra, you know, lip lip material <laughs> scraping against right. against the spit shield. But I, I, I probably should never have put that image in people's heads. I apologize. I, oh. I, I shouldn't. I should not have done that. I'm, I'm hemorrhaging listeners now. <laughs> One star reviews for Mick. Jagger. One star reviews for Mick Jagger's lips. Yep. <laughs> So the chat room is aware, but for people listening, Marty from AIE has sculpted a special breakfast brawl. For those of you who listen to Mr. Ibbett and Mr. Johnson on the morning stream, and you should because it is awesome, they have a regular feature called the breakfast brawl, which is basically a simple poll on the Extra Life forums. So head over to... Uh, myextralife.com and hit the forums link so you can go through frogpants.com and go to the community forums and look for the breakfast brawl for Friday the 16th of September and you will find that the brawlers this week are the Beatles versus the aforementioned Rolling Stones. Yes. Get in there and cast your vote. It's a lips or, or a bowl cuts. Uh, <laughs> That's right, yes. Nehru jackets or uh, ripped t-shirts. It's... <laughs> Hmm. Well, it's also, what generation of Beatles are you talking about? You know, before it's, transcendental meditation or after God, transcendental isn't, meditation? Isn't that crazy? Like you look at the Beatles and you can think of so many different, um, so many different iterations. The Beatles 1.0. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole um, British the, invasion, the cavern, right? The Cavern Club days and the the Beatles 2.0 when they started uh, getting a little bit more psychedelic with stuff like Rubber Soul and mm-hmm. and. Um, Norwegian era. Wood. I need a cover of Norwegian Wood. Stat. <laughs> right. But but then you look at the Rolling Stones and yeah, they had their they had their same kind of Beatles invasion days with the uh the mod kind of look when they were the kind of the thing with the Who and, mm-hmm. and the Beatles also uh had. But then since then they've they've really had a consistent uh style since the seventies and a consistent feel. I mean here it is you know, 30, 40 years later, and they're still kind of looking, you know, they're looking older, for sure. A little bit. But they never really went into that, you know, let's do a um, a new wave phase, or let's do a, they kind of did a little bit of disco with um, Emotional Rescue. Mm. But they, they've had their their dabbles, but they've really, for the most part, stayed very consistent. Certainly not, not as much as the Beatles went from genre and style. Uh, to, to different genre yeah, and style. And if they had you know, persisted, God knows you know, where they might have arrived. If they'd gone you know, the length of time of the Stones, right. where you're, you're heading for septuagenarian territory here, <laughs> 
be, and I've seen that because I actually went to a concert, um, Moody Blues, recently. And it's like there's oh. 70-year-old people rocking on the stage. Very few of the original band members were there. They had kind of a smattering of 70-year-old original band members to make it so they could actually call it the Moody Blues. Right. But it's like, okay, you, you, if you don't lose it. If you keep using it, um, as the Stones are obviously an, an indication, you can keep rocking well into your later years. Easily. And yeah. what, what would the Beatles you know, have looked like if they had gone down that path? The mind wobbles. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So anyway, uh, is, go ahead. No, just coming back from that tangent we've gone off on there. Please vote in the breakfast brawl: Stones versus the Beatles. See, this right. is why you're so effective on the air. You're fun to talk to. So we uh-huh. are coming up against our first music break here. Uh, I've got oh, okay, cool. A little. Uh, we lean very heavily on Creative Commons over here, not uh, having ponied up various licensing fees for covers and such. <laughs> so. Our favorite poster boy for Creative Commons, we have some Jonathan Colton off of his brand new album, Artificial Heart. I have a track here called Nemesis, which is my personal favorite off the new album. Nice, yes. It's, it's in the style of uh, Skullcrusher Mountain. Um, Very much so, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the sequel to Skullcrusher Mountain for me. Uh, so all kinds of warm fuzzies here. So enjoy some music while we rest our voices and get over there and vote in the breakfast brawl. You are listening to Alpha Geek Interviews live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Check us out on the web. Go to the shows tab. Check out all the fine shows. You will be glad that you did. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Scott Johnson, artist of Extra Life at myextralife.com. And you're listening to Versus the World Radio. It's an amazing smile. Even the suit has teeth Everything flash and guile Nothing underneath Except a small black heart That no one sees but me I've been watching I can see you start to wonder Could it be that you need me To keep you out To run you faster Promise me you'll let me be the one of all your enemies Pretending you're a friend to me Say that we'll be nemesis 
The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Alpha Geek Interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, with myself, Other Todd, and my guest, Mr. Brian Ibbett, the man from the booth. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, let's, let's now speak of the booth. But speaking of the booth, uh, yes. another place people can find you on the internet, in addition to Coverville. Oh, I need to play this, because this is your chance to do shameless plugs. Let me play the shameless plug intro. Stand by. <laughs> Now is the time for a shameless plug. All right, shamelessly plugging time. Brian, in addition to Coverville.com, where they can find the Coverville uh, podcast and all 802 back episodes of it. My God, man, you're making the rest of us look bad. (laughs) I'm just giving you guys a lot to do. You think? (laughs) A lot lot of listening. (laughs) Well, in my real life, I do IT support for small businesses. So I'm driving around the metro Phoenix area, which is a sprawling metropolis. So things like Coverville are a godsend to me because I'll have plenty of stuff to keep me sane sometimes when driving from the east side to the west side and then back again in the space of one day. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We greatly appreciate that. (laughs) My Um, pleasure. And another thing I listen to quite a bit is your more recent uh, collaboration with Mr. Scott Johnson, uh, the creation of The Morning Stream. Tell us about that and how that came about. Yes. That is the thing I look to look forward to every uh, well, every, almost every weekday. Um, it came about uh, Scott apparently had also always wanted to do a, a morning show and always wanted to to kind of have a frog a frog pants branded uh, morning show and something that um, is very different from the radio stuff that we grew up listening to. Um, we don't want the constant barrage of fart noises and the um, uh, the high-pitched, goofy voices. We're, we're perfectly comfortable with our own goofy voices. We don't need to, uh, you know, add our crazy radio voices or anything like that. Um, but something that, that spoke to, again, spoke to something that we'd want to listen to if, 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 uh, we, were, if we were the audience. And uh, he invited me and it, it took me about half a second to say yes, you know, even with him saying, now, you know, it's going to be, you know, a couple hours every morning and there's going to be uh, prep that needs to be done and, and stuff like this. Um, it was uh, uh, a great, you know, I love talking to Scott anyway. And, and uh, times we do film sack together, another plug right there. And, uh, and talking to him at, at Nertacular and, and over email and over the phone and stuff. Um, that rapport just always seemed to flow really well with us. Um, we take turns being each other's straight man, I guess, basically is what it is. And it seemed like it would be a perfect combination to do uh, for a show. So when he invited me, I, I jumped at the chance and uh, haven't looked back since. And what is, what's it been? Almost um, almost uh, eight months, yeah. nine months. Yeah, this is what. Wow. February, March, start I think that, uh, I want to say late January even. Yeah, okay. That, that feels about right. I'm a terrible judge of time. I remember rushing because <laughs> the Shoutcast stream was added in the 11th hour to the whole idea. So we were kind of scrambling to get that in place in time for episode one. And thankfully we did. So all the 
mobile listeners can get your fix. It is a happy thing. Um, yes. In my shameless plug is that we're working to flesh out an idea to try and give you something the morning stream ish in the time slot on Fridays. Um, stay tuned for more details Very that's cool. going to come available. It may have to wait until the November time frame just because of the weird way that Arizona does not participate in daylight saving time. <laughs> you guys and your, 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 you know, your rebellion, yes. right? You're just going to say, no, you know no. what we're not going to do? We're not going to play your, your time games. No, we're going to say here is we have enough damn sun as it is, and we don't want any more. <laughs> but I guess. Right, right. Um, so November DST goes away, and we stop being synchronized with Pacific time and start being synchronized with Mountain time, which makes my timing work and not mm. conflict with uh, the Friday recording and broadcast of The Instance, which Scott has now gotten in the habit of also sending out via the low band with Shoutcast. So ideas right. are bouncing around, and ideas and suggestions from the chat room and the community are welcomed. Send them in to gnomewise at vtwproductions.com. That's G-N-O-M-E-W-I-S-E at vtwproductions.com. Hey, I did my own shameless plug for once. <laughs> you did. Very good. I feel so dirty. <laughs> About time. Doing it on your own show even. Wow. Dancing with myself. Anyway, moving right along to questions that were suggested by members of the community. Oh, cool. Which have gone missing from my screen. There it is. (laughs) Yeah, I I posted the link. I talked about the link on the morning stream, and it was really hard for me not to look at the actual page it linked to and get an advance warning of the things people are saying about you, dude. Exactly. Yes. Anyway. From the Versus the World forums, which if you're not participating in, you should because they are awesome. Biomed Alchemist says, first, happy 800 plus episodes now to you. His question is, how do you maintain such a lengthy podcast continuity and yet keep the material fresh and entertaining to both yourself and your listeners? How? <laughs> uh, I got to thank the uh, two, two groups of people that, that get the thanks for that. It ain't me. It's, number one, the listeners who let me know about really cool stuff that I miss all the time. I mean, 90% of the stuff you hear on the show comes from people saying, hey, you got to check out this new album by Puddle of Mud. They do this great cover album. Or uh, have you picked up the Muppets Green album yet? Or things like that. <laughs> it's just awesome. It is awesome, yeah. Uh, and so, so they're, they're one group that kind of keeps me keeping the music fresh or keeping the content fresh. And then the, uh, the artists, the labels themselves. Um, there's no way, you know, it's so hard these days. Um because there are so many bands and so many performers out there and so many labels, so many independent labels, which is great. Um, there's no way to keep up with all of them. And so uh, thanking them for sending me the music is, is uh, crucial as well. To bring it on um, kind of a moment. Yes. <laughs> also from the forums, uh, yes. Tabaxian, actually one of the four hosts of the brand new show on our network, Indeed Podcast, posts... What websites or places do you use to find new music on your own beyond what is emailed or linked to you from artists and distributors? Oh, good. Um, it's going to be a really boring list here. Well, all right, for covers, for actually searching for covers. So 
Um, if I'm doing a cover story on an artist and I want to get some more content for it, there are two places I go, actually three places I go, um, to find out you know, what songs I may have missed. Uh, secondhand Songs is a really good resource. You can do a search for a song and find out all the people who've covered it. You can do a search for an artist and, find, and see all the list of, of uh, covers they've done and, and covers of them. Um, there's the Covers Project, which is along the same, same kind of lines, a different interface. And then uh, a place called allmusic.com. Great resource for everything music-related. Do a search on an artist. You can see a list of all their albums, all their songs. And if you, go, if you know who the writer is on the song, if you're doing a cover story by a musician who does their own songwriting, you can use the songs written by and see all the people who have performed versions of those songs. A lot of times, they're, I mean, all three of them aren't, always complete and um, I find stuff on one that isn't on the other and I find stuff on my own that isn't on any of the three of them but it's a good uh, it's a good place to uh, to look for those sorts of things um, Amazon I'm uh, finding some ways of using Amazon to, to find new music and it's it's that crowdsourcing deal that they've got built in there with uh, if you like this other people who bought that bought this as well kind of the Netflix and, approach right exactly and it's it's helping me discover some stuff that I probably wouldn't have discovered otherwise, especially things where a band member was in another band or has done some solo stuff that I didn't know about. And, um, it's really, really cool. So I use that, uh, feature a lot and, uh, just starting to get into Spotify and, ah, and how, yes. yeah. And how people can. So once you're friends with somebody, they can send you music or send you, um, uh, recommendations that you just, play right there you don't have to go and search it out you don't have to go find a youtube link or anything like that you know somebody says hey i think you'll like this song bam it's right there you hit play and you can hear it yeah so that's as I'm god intended <laughs> yes exactly now i had accidentally misattributed that question that question was actually from uh one of the forum dwellers whose name i love to say boba fetish Oh, yes. Tabaxian's question is actually, do you ever go back and listen to shows number 1 through 10? And do you have any plans for when you hit the big one zero zero zero? Ooh, good question. I don't go back and listen to any shows. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, yeah, and it's... Um, I, don't know, I don't know if there's a real specific reason other than I don't have time or that... Um, what would I... I don't know what I would get out of it other than even just pulling up those that set of songs and listening to that again. Um, so so there's that. For the 1,000, I want to do another concert. So for the 500th show, Vegas, I did this baby. thing out in Las Vegas with uh, Jonathan Colton, the four, aforementioned and aforeplayed Jonathan, aforeplayed? Mm. Jonathan Colton. Good friends uh, are you. Cheese, uh, Chase and the Choir, um, Natalie Gelman. And uh, the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, where I actually did a concert in Las Vegas to celebrate the 500th episode. And I'd love to do that again um, for the 1,000th. Uh, probably nothing as expensive as the 500th turned out to be oh, really? because of the venue change. Learning yeah, we experience. Had a, we had a last-minute venue change because the place that I was planning on getting, that, that um, I wouldn't have made a profit from it but i wouldn't have i would have I basically would have broken even and still been able to pay the artist for coming out and, and uh and their time and that place 
which would have been perfect. I mean, it was like a nightclub. We had the whole rent of the place for that evening. Bar was set up. Um, they already had security folks. They had a nice big stage already set up and, and lighting and stuff like that. Even um, we would have been able to do a live feed from there built in. They had this stuff. And uh, went out there three months before the concert to go check out the place and sign the papers. And that morning, they had put chains on their doors saying, bankrupt. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, yes. that's not cool. Yes, no, it was it was very uncool. So I had to scramble for uh, that that whole time that I was there. I was basically I planned I planned a really short trip out there. It was I was there for basically one day, flying out um, 24 hours after I got there, and I spent that 24 hours after I found that out um, going to a whole bunch of different places, checking them out, um, balancing prices and availability. And the very last place <clears throat> I checked out was uh, the Bali. Uh, casino, the Bali uh, Hotel Casino out mm. there. They had just had a cancellation. Rick Springfield, Duran Duran, had played in that in that same room earlier that week, and uh, they said, yeah, actually, we just had a cancellation for that time period. We can give it to you at a substantial discount just to get something, something in, there. in there for that night. And uh, it worked out perfectly. Unfortunately, the pricing, while they ma- managed to meet the same price as the original place, they had to add all these other things on top of it. Stage creation. Union. Um, bartenders, security, all this other stuff. And after paying out uh, Jonathan Colton, Richard Chee, after paying out all the artists for their time, uh, <laughs> it was, it was kind of dipping way into the a few credit cards for me. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. And, yes. uh Just do it in Phoenix next time. You can you know, stay at my place. <laughs> Right, so we'll see. Yeah, maybe Phoenix. Maybe uh, uh, you know, maybe we'll go ni- uh, down into the nice hot uh, come, Arizona. Come in the winter when it's just wonderfully beautiful, and the reason why we actually live here. Summer? No, stay the hell away. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> right. Well, keep it, keep your ears out. I get. I guess I've got about two years to think about that. So we'll have to see. Where I don't it's know, man. Be. The rate you make podcasts, I'm, I'm not going to blink because I could miss it. That's right. Yes. But I'm not bitter. Moving on into the territory where I get to get my uh, James Lipton on. Oh, good. And get to hit you in the face with the ever-evolving questionnaire, originally lifted in in its entirety off of Inside the Actor's Studio, and Mm -hmm. since then has been undergoing nerdification, uh, (laughs) swapping out of questions for better ones, as suggested by the dwellers, of the versus the world forums. So, are you sitting comfortably? I am standing comfortably. I don't you sit anymore. You have your standing desk. That's right, yes. You threw me a curveball. <laughs> I shall smite you for that. It would be very uncomfortable inside the actor's studio with James Lipton sitting down and me standing up next to him. So, mm-hmm. I'm glad, glad we're doing it uh, over, uh, over the airwaves here. <laughs> yes. Mr. Ibbett, would you sit down, please? <laughs> Brian Emmett, what is your favorite word? Um, ooh. See, I even thought about some of these beforehand, and that was one I never thought of. Uh, holy cow. That's two words. That is two words. I can't use that one? Sure you can. Um, music. You know, it all comes back down to music. Uh, every word I think of 
um, as being my favorite seems to be some sort of musically related word. So let's just bring it all the way back to music. And what is your least favorite word? Um, eventually. Because <laughs> it, it, anytime I hear that, it's uh, it's either me procrastinating or it's somebody else procrastinating. And uh, uh, I've never, I, I want now, I want soon, I want right away, I don't want eventually. You're, you're a typical internet dweller, you want it all, you want it now, you want it free. That's right. Bring yes. it. Why can't I have it? I'm the Veruca Salt of, of, uh, of the web. I wasn't going to play the Veruca card, but if you're going to go there, I mean... I want my own Oompa Loompa now. <laughs> exactly. I just did that so I could say Oompa Loompa on the air, because how often do I get to do that? <laughs> With the kind of interviewees I have, actually, fairly frequently. Brian, what turns you on, creatively, spiritually, whatever? Um, a, uh, uh, a, a female vocalist over an electrona, electronica track. Um, Bird and the Bee, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Well, she she kind of fits that bill, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether well, or not she's singing. I, I'm sorry, I'm miles away ever since you mentioned Zooey because mm, that's right. Anyway, yes. What uh, turns you off? Um, close-mindedness. Um, people who, uh, and I hear this all the time. Oh, you do a cover song show, or or you like cover songs? I hate, you know, it's when bands run out of creative ideas that they start doing covers, and and I think no, it's. The opposite. It's a way for them to acknowledge the things that inspired them to become who they are. And put their um, own stamp on it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So uh, close-mindedness in that regard and in, in every regard. I'm, I don't like people who don't open their minds to new ideas and new thoughts. Even if they disagree with them, uh, hearing them out is the, way, is, is the way it has to be. And what is the nerdiest thing that you have ever done and been proud of? <laughs> Um, I was on a, uh, roller coaster, uh, I did a roller coaster marathon, uh, where I rode the, uh, the Twister 2 out here at, at uh, Elitch's for 31 times before I finally said, I can't, can't, can't do this anymore. It was part it. of a radio station stunt. Is, I guess, is it nerdy? Oh, yeah. Hell, oh, hell yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> you definitely qualify. Uh, okay, good, yes. And, and the people who made it all the way through... Uh, and won the prizes at the end of this, did it 96 times. Basically, it was for uh, a radio station on the 96 band frequency. And uh, I made it, you know, less than a third of that way, and my spine felt like it had been a deck of cards that had been shuffled poorly. So <laughs> I was glad I glad I got out when I did, but I still won a few prizes. And, <laughs> and you're alive. <laughs> and I'm alive, and I, can, and I can stand and sit without any sort of discomfort. <laughs> Excuse me. What is the nerdiest thing you have ever done and been ashamed of? Um, let's see. Dressing up as uh, uh, as one of the Sandmen from Logan's Run uh, a few years ago for oh, Halloween wow. party. Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're dating us there. My God. Because the fact that I, I, I knew exactly what you did, the big gray stripe across the front and the little <laughs> gun that shot you know jets of flame. and Exactly. Had, had both of those. And... At the party we went to, I had to explain to everybody not just who I was dressed as, but what the heck Logan's Run was yeah. and all this stuff. And uh, uh, it just wasn't the right crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a similar experience where I had uh, – do you ever watch Farscape when it was on? No, huh? 
the main human character in that one had just a distinctive kind of leather vest ensemble that he would wear. And I got one of those at a Comic-Con with the, the sidearm and everything and took it around the wrong crowd and was, oh, you dressed up as Michael Jackson from Thriller, right? <laughs> and it was oh, you know, a leather vest and had, I guess, that uh, it was... It's hard sometimes hang to hang your head in shame. Exactly. The, the, geeks. Yeah. the great unwashed, you mean. That's right, yes. What is your favorite gadget? Ooh, uh, my iPad. That, thing, that, that, that goes with me everywhere now. Um, well, not everywhere, but I mean it goes with me uh, quite a bit. And uh, um, I feel like I can do so much on there when I'm away from my computer, when I'm away from um, uh, other forms of entertainment, uh, movies, you know, sit up late and watch episodes of uh, Party Down or Friday Night Lights or whatever. And, uh, yeah, love it. Love my iPad. Want to get an iPad, too, soon. Yeah, well, I accidentally got an iPad, too. Um, pro tip, by the way, uh, don't leave your iPad on top of your vehicle and drive away. Oh, yeah, they, they don't stay, do they? That, uh... mm. On the upside, it ended its existence uh, thinner than an iPad, too. <laughs> That's great. Do you still do you have the, the, the shell, the husk no, of the original? <laughs> no, I couldn't I couldn't bear to have that, that oh, icon God. of my stupidity. No, no. <laughs> A constant reminder. <laughs> exactly. I will never do that again. Right. What is your favorite curse word? Uh crap in a hat. Crap in a hat. <laughs> Crap in a hat. <laughs> I tend to use that uh, more than any other one, and it's it seems to be the the go to for me when I want to be PC when I'm around mm-hmm. my wife or my son or in mixed company. Uh, crap in a hat uh, seems to always hat. work. My my favorite still so far is from uh, Miss Marion Call, which was Frack a Banjo. <laughs> Very good. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I like, I like to <laughs> like share that one with people because it is so Frack a Banjo just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Nice. And what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, writing, like being an author. Um, eventually, I want to. I do want to put out a, a cover song book and talk about, you know, maybe the hundred greatest covers of all time or the hundred greatest covers of right now or something like that. And it's on the list. It's it's way down on the to do to do list. But I um, I want to. That's something that I want to get to sooner than eventually. Awesome. <laughs> And what profession would you absolutely not want to participate in? Uh, boy, there's so many. <laughs> uh, garbage, uh, uh, garbage collection. I look at these poor guys who not only have to, you know, pick up everyone's trash and the the bags that fall apart or the trash can lids that aren't attached correctly or, or that, all that nonsense. They have to get up at an ungodly hour to do it. Yeah. And uh, man, rain. Snow, crap, all, mud, whatever. No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. I admire them for what they do. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I'd like him to say, uh, <laughs> I'd like him to say, I've been working on this really cool version of Hallelujah. <laughs> am, I, uh, am I listening? <laughs> can, I, can I get this on your show? That's right. Please? <laughs> Uh, we, have be... old, we have unlimited bandwidth up here <laughs> and uh, all the recording equipment you could possibly want. Unlimited downloads, baby. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we got got a one uh, gigabit per second pipe and all the bandwidth you can eat. 
Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? Bring it on. All righty then. I believe we have reached the end of another one, because I hear Mr. Scott Johnson knocking on the door saying, hey, I got an instance to do here. Get out of my way. <laughs> That's right. We're going to talk about Warcraft. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be, we have to talk about Diablo. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> well, Star Wars. Uh, the Old Republic. Republic and... and <laughs> We're still called the instance because those games have instances too, right? That's right. So yes, we can get away with it. <laughs> but we're not being overly critical of our fellow podcaster at all. No, of course we're not. No, I love that show, and do uh, that. I'm, I'm glad he talks about those other things because I like those other things. This is indeed what we find, Mr. Brian Abit. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on Alpha Geek Interviews. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here, and I, this is a lot of fun. I get to talk about stuff I don't usually get to talk about, so thank that you. Is, that is the plan, and you are absolutely welcome, and we'll drag you back on here when uh, you hit the big 1,000, you know, uh, round about, what? Uh, Tuesday? De- December? <laughs> <laughs> be afraid, people. Be very afraid. He's actually a machine. It's Skynet. Run! <laughs> I've become self-aware. Yes, indeed. Judgment Day is upon us. Moving on. See, we, we literally got to curb the nerding out just a bit here if we're going to have a show. Please keep your eyes on the front page of vtwproductions.com for announcements of the upcoming episodes. In the pipe we have Mr. Hank Green, one half of the Vlog Brothers, And we also have, uh, we'll call it, we're going to interview Phoenix Comic Con. Um, we're going to try and get as many of the directors and managers and people who actually make the Comic-Con happen together on a Skype conference and ask them your questions about the realities of putting on something on the scale of Phoenix Comic-Con. I'm really actually looking forward to that one a lot. Um, the organizational challenges to getting us all together either in the same room or on Skype at the same time, a little bit daunting, but we will make it happen. Keep your eyes on the front page of the website for announcements as to when those will be going live and to podcast. Meanwhile, we are out of here.